0: This is Cape Talk. Right, let's bring in Rebecca Davis. And before we get to the embassy story, Rebecca, let's start with the subject none of us like to discuss because it makes us want to throw things across the room and break things. Load shedding. Good afternoon. Afternoon,
1: Pippa. I'm having load shedding right now. Although Lovely. I disagree. I mean, <laughs> one of the conversations I find myself in most regularly these days is. Which period of load shedding is the most irritating? I think the answer is clearly six to eight of in the course. evening or perhaps eight to ten. I don't know. But so, that morning one when you can't make coffee, that's also a killer.
0: So don't hate me too much when I tell you that I live very close to Red Cross Children's Hospital, so I don't get load shedding at home. And <laughs> so for me, it's it painful. is it is when it happens between uh, the hours of my normal show, the 12 to 2.30. But I totally hear you, Rebecca. Uh, no coffee and a cold shower is just nowhere to start a day.
1: It, I, I, it, you know, it's almost inevitable that property prices around load free, shedding-free zone are going to spike. So you better hold on to that home of yours. <laughs> For sure. Um, so News24 reports today that the reason that Tutuka Power Station in Pumalanga has been out is because someone cut a cable with a grinder. Simple as that. It is a clear-cut incident of sabotage. And as I said to you in my email, yeah. I think this is one thing that really adds the sense of outrage about load shedding, the idea that it's not just due to, you know, maintenance not being undertaken for years and years, which is sort of, it's not okay, but it's semi-understandable, but the idea that there are actual people working to, Bring down the electricity system. It's just unbearable. So this is actually the fifth incident of sabotage, News 24 reports, since March. And it follows acts of sabotage reports last year at the Le power station in the Free State. There's also a report of employees stealing fuel, which is slightly different from Creel power station in Pumalanga. Here are the two most worrying things, I think, about the latest incident. First of all, that whoever did it knew where the CCTV cameras were, right? It's like quite a premeditated and planned attack. Second of all, that this follows ESCOM's appointment of 450 additional security guards and drones using infrared cameras, you know, they have taken steps, right? So clearly people are very determined to get around these measures and are succeeding in doing so. So the question is, why is this happening? And you know, there's this kind of narrative going around that it may be a sort of concerted sabotage attempts by, for instance, people linked to the radical economic transformation faction of the ANC in an attempt to bring the country to its knees. That's totally not out of the question, obviously, as we know, pepper But I find that people involved in these kinds of acts normally have a more direct self-interest. And that does seem to be more likely to be the case here. So in the past, they've pretty much established that what happens is someone cuts this kind of cable, for instance. What has to happen is that external companies have to be called in to fix it. And often external contractors have to be oh. tended to supply parts, right? This strikes me as so so telling, but because it fits exactly with something Judge Raymond Zondo has been saying in his state capture report. And that is that the entire public procurement system in this country needs some kind of radical overhaul. Because this is exactly what is happening when our state-owned institutions and government departments are not adequately resource internally Mm. to deal with these emergencies when they happen the minute it seems that the state has to contract externally is where corruption comes in involving both the external contractors and the internal employees and i think if anything should add fuel to the argument that we need to rethink all of that. It is surely what is happening at ESCOM, which we all yeah. know has just catastrophic impact, not just on our life, but on the economy.
0: What I cannot wrap my head around, Rebecca, is the thought that this happened somewhere between Friday and Tuesday last week, uh, Friday last week and Tuesday this week, and they only noticed it when they tried to power up that there was no power to a particular valve. How on earth does someone get an angle grinder? An angle grinder! Do you know how noisy those things are? And use it to cut through a valve without being noticed. Um, I cannot it's get my point. head around that.
1: It's a great point. And I think part of the problem, Piv, is that so many of us know so little about how electricity works. I mean, if you put a gun to my head, I wouldn't be able to tell you why the lights switch on when they do. That I think that that's also why some of these things are so mired in kind of mystery. I mean, even the hawks have tried to investigate dropped it, that they couldn't get any further. And clearly also what we need are the right kind of experts with the necessary experience to tell us what exactly is going on and how it happens. Okay.
0: Rebecca, moving on to your next story, um, we've just been speaking about uh, diplomatic missions and uh, things going wrong or just not happening at all. Naledi Pandor telling Parliament yesterday that we have closed 10 of South Africa's diplomatic missions as a money-saving uh, gesture. Very proud of the 161 million rand that will be saved this financial year. Sorry for you, though, if you're going travelling and get yourself into trouble in Belarus or Finland or Oman, Romania, Peru or Fiji, or if you're in Chicago and Milan, and strangely, the Vatican City. We had a mission in the Vatican City. I mean, was there an overwhelming need to look after the tourist who got caught trying to sneak a selfie with the Pieta? Uh, um, I find the list quite bizarre besides the, the, the fact of the closures itself. Look, I, I I mean, I think there is reason to applaud it. You know,
1: And Zirko has been hit by all these scandals in recent years of expensive real estate and uh, uh, diplomats misbehaving and running up huge bills, et cetera. So, you know, any cost saving, I'm basically all for. And look, I have to assume that the reason they didn't cut other diplomatic missions is because they are in some way necessary, in ways that may be opaque to you and me. Maybe they're not necessary even to the country they're in, but perhaps they're in an unstable region, and that's the best possible point to put them. Maybe there are also diplomatic reasons that we're unaware of in terms of ties, etc. But I went to check out the remaining diplomatic missions, because like you, I was so bemused by the fact that we even had missions in some of these places. I still have some questions. Thank (laughs) you. Do we need a diplomatic mission in the city of Nur Sultan in Kazakhstan? I think that, that needs to be answered. What about in Kuwait City? Bear in mind that we already have missions in, for instance, Tehran and in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Do we need two separate missions in Saudi Arabia? I mean, that's possible, I guess. Do we need one in Vienna as well as two in Germany? It's also it's sort of inexplicable to me the way these are. Um, allocated so two in Germany for instance. Finally, we have loads of links to Germany. There's only one in the U- in England in London. There's none in Scotland for instance. So to me, it would be helpful actually if Durko at some point could account to the public exactly why we need the missions we do, especially at a time when you know the idea of South Africa. Maintaining certain ties is already under strain. We saw that from the proposed donation of vast millions to Cuba this week, which understandably caused a whole lot of outrage. No one's suggesting that we should become some kind of isolated state. It's obviously important to maintain diplomatic missions. But I think perhaps there is room for more scrutiny over our existing um, vast vast Mm -hmm. budgets for these outposts.
0: Slightly now trimmed budgets, but still vast. I take your point. And interesting to know there are two in Germany and apparently neither of them are able to process a visa application for Ulrich who called us earlier. Uh, we're hoping to speak to one of them on the show tomorrow to respond to that call. Before we let you go, Rebecca, I cannot not uh, talk to you about the phenomenon I experience on a regular basis. Move over <laughs> mansplaining. We now have heap heating. Heat eating,
1: I, I, I'm almost certain I don't even have to explain this to many women listening who are just going to go, oh, I get it immediately. Heat eating, a term invented by a U.S. astronomer, yes, a female astronomer, Nicole Gugliucci referring to the phenomenon whereby a woman for instance will say something in a meeting which is largely ignored or sort of just politely mm and odd and then a man will say effectively exactly the same thing and it will be greeted as a kind of incredibly <laughs> insightful game changing statement I think we all all experiences. I think another slight variation on that theme is when a woman says something and then when a a man says I think what she's trying to say is and sort of explains it in man language for the rest of the group to be greeted with similar acclaim. One final point before I go which is, yep. I saw something great on the internet yesterday about a suggestion of how women should respond to mansplaining, which is the yep. term you mentioned earlier, when men insist on explaining things that women already know in a kind of patronizing way, and it was from a woman who said, when this happens to her, she greets the mansplaining as if it were the explanation of a toddler who has just realised <laughs> how something works. So she responds with kind of delighted affirmation, extreme expressions of pride, etc. And that really takes the wind out of the sails of the man's planer in
0: question. I'm going to try that going forward. Serve it up with a bowl of ice cream and chocolate sauce, Rebecca Davis. Let's try the strategy and we can compare notes in a week's time as to how it works.